Hello there. You are listening to At The Well, the weekly Bible podcast that helps you see yourself in the stories of Scripture. I'm Jarrell. I'm Charles. And I'm Eli. And we're delighted that you're joining us for this week's conversation. Gentlemen, we're back at it. Back up to no good. How are we feeling today? (laughs) Excited to get into season two. Yes. I'm super stoked for season two. I'm a little tired and also very clearly hangry, but... (laughs) (laughs) But that won't reflect at all. No, hopefully not. (laughs) There's There's a conversation before this that's reflected Eli's status of being very hangry wait today. for the patreon wait for the patreon <laughs> we'll, we'll see it, it might come through if you just get like raging mad at elijah at any point um we'll pause and sure. have a snack um but yeah so as we said we are kicking off season two today i'll say a bit more about that in a second but first we want to get into our questions of the week um, if you'd like to submit a question for us to answer during our question of the week segment, you can email us anytime at three guys at the well at gmail.com. That's the number three, then guys at the well, all one word and lowercase at gmail.com. So we have that as an option, but we also opened up our social media options today, today, because we're learning social media in real time and it's great. Uh, but one of the things that we did was a poll so that people can give us their questions in real time. We actually got a few responses. Um, So the first one, our first question, is favorite fall activity? Since we are technically in September, and that is almost fall. I think think I'm going to say golf. (laughs) (laughs) Which, does that count? Par for the course there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can't think of anything. Raking leaves, jumping in leaf pots, no. fun, but like hay rides, pumpkin patch, great. But especially in Maryland, where where the summer is like egregious yes. in terms of humidity. And it's and hot heat, until like October. And it's hot until October. Like fall is a great time to be outside doing my favorite activity, nice. which is golf. So I love how on brand that is. It's like, oh. <laughs> Uh, quite frankly, access to certain like fall foods. So, mm. pho. pumpkin spice. I'm kick you off. Yeah, pumpkin spice everything certainly. But like, you know what? You can go. Also <laughs> soups, like su- like pho specifically. Please, oh my yes. gosh, it is the Vietnamese chicken noodle soup, and it's the best soup ever. Are you hungry, Eli? I'm incredibly hungry. <laughs> yeah, I have grapes, <laughs> but they're not pho. <laughs> I promise after we're done recording, I'm going to go something to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I, so I guess mine is the most like stereotypical fall thing. I love me a cider mill. And it's part, it's mostly because my, my mom and I would go to this cider mill in Michigan called Blake's Apple Orchard. uh, Like every year. It was like a tradition. It was like, we go no matter what from the time I was really young to like when I was in high school. Mm um and yeah so a lot of it is nostalgia of just the stuff that they had but it was such a like a joyous time of my childhood that like i still love it and i just love being outside in nature and fall like my wife and i went to an apple orchard um not too far from here called butler's and it, it reminded me so much of blake's and the entire time i was just like this is just, i would like tap her like this is just this is just like blake's in michigan she's like i know i was like this this is just like that. So I really geek out and become a kid again. I like oh. apple orchards and cider mills. So those are those are my jam. Don't like carving pumpkins, though. It's a lot of work. I did it once, and that was enough. It is a lot of work. Mm. Well, great. So if you, again, if you have any questions for our question of the week segment, submit them via our email or keep an eye on our Instagram where we sometimes will post polls 
we'd love to hear from you and uh, work a conversation about food into as many questions as, as we can get. <laughs> uh, but we today are so excited to start our second season. Um, thank you to all of you for hanging with us for our first season called Candid Conversations. This week, we kick off our second season called Just Like Us. So we're going to be focusing specifically on the way that a lot of characters in the Bible are just like us for better or for worse. Um, and so I'm really excited to do this. This is an extension of something that a uh, talk series that Charles and I did when we both worked uh, for University Christian Outreach and kind of ex- extended into a full season long um, thing. So we're going to be talking about that and seeing ways that we relate to biblical characters. And the first, so the theme verse for all of this comes from James 5, 17. Uh, in 18, where James says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, or just like us. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So this is the theme verse of everything we're going to talk about this season. And because you are very inquisitive listeners, you're probably wondering, well, who is Elijah? And why is he the theme of everything we're going to talk about? And so that's who we're going to cover today, the prophet Elijah in the book of 1 Kings. So this week's passage is from 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 22 through 39. If you have your Bible and you aren't driving, you can start turning there now while I set the scene. Rain had not fallen on Samaria for over three years. It was then that the eccentric prophet Elijah called out Ahab, the king of Persia, and promised to withhold the rain, except at his word, before disappearing into the wilderness. Now Samaria was in deep famine, the situation growing increasingly dire with each passing day, as the king and his wife were putting prophets of the Lord to death. But then the prophet reappeared. Elijah purposefully marched back into the city with something very specific in mind a challenge so grand and theatrical that it was fitting of the man who would, who would be taken up to heaven in a chariot of fire. The showdown three years in the making was about to begin. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves. Cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Now now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose on bull for yourselves and prepare it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it. And they called on the name of Baal from morning even, morning even till noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is meditating, or he is busy, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they cried aloud and cut themselves, as was their custom, with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. 
Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seas of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood and said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sack, the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar and he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and I have done and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Gentlemen, in what ways is Elijah just like us? Wow, that was cinematic. Um, <laughs> so I think in reading he had a nature just like ours reminds us not to give glory uh, that belongs to god to a mere human elijah was just an ordinary uh human being called to action by an extraordinary god and like us elijah wasn't in control of anything that was going on around him but he trusted and faithfully served the lord who did have a firm grasp of everything that was going on mm. yeah absolutely he like crazy things happen through him but he himself isn't like bringing them about right he's not like, like a necromancer or yeah. a wizard he's he's just like yeah. us yeah and there's like a, a humility of taking that posture of making god big through us like right. john said he must increase i must decrease right that's a really good point i particularly think i really like the story where or part, this part of the story where he mocks one of the prophets of all <laughs> Elijah's just like us in that he's kind of childish. He's like, where's your God? He is like, petty. in my mind, when I read this, it was, exactly, it was like childish taunting. <laughs> like, here's this prophet of the Lord, the oh, one oh, God. Oh. Where's your God? Maybe he's sleeping. He's taking a little nap because gods do that, right? Oh, it's... <laughs> like, he's, like, aren't we all a little bit like that? Yeah. Like, don't we all have that kind of a situation comes up and we're all like, okay, I can relate to Elijah in that. Like, <laughs> like touche, touche. This, this is some low-hanging fruit that I, I have to, I just have to. I love it. That is, I, so true. I am not ashamed to say that is my favorite part of this story. <laughs> because it comes out of nowhere. Like, yeah. it's this really grim situation. Like, they've been in famine for years. And he just shows up and, like, goes about this, like, restoring work in the middle of it is just, like, talking trash. And it's, it's like, that wasn't needed, right. but I'm glad you did it. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I think um, to that point, uh, I think that kind of response does reflect something in Elijah's, like, personality that is true of us. And that Elijah's just like us because he craves, like, 
vindication. Yes. Like he create like that. I've had the hardest time of any um, thing we've done so far to narrow down the story of Elijah because before this, a lot happens. After this, a lot happens. Like this. This whole thing didn't start because Elijah showed up in town and challenged the prophets to this duel. It started three years before when he first called out the king. And so, so many things happen in the interim. But if you think of, like, from Elijah's perspective, he makes these bold claims to this king. And then he leaves for three years. And things get worse. And he comes back. And you got to imagine that there are people looking at him, questioning, like, his message, questioning his effectiveness and with boldness, he's like talking down these like prophets of Baal, and it shows like he craves, he craves God to make Himself known because there's a part of him that craves like vindication for what it is he's been preaching. Yeah. Um, and I think, well, I know that I find myself there with a number of things. I'm sure all of us do. Like the the desire to be validated and like what I'm saying is actually true. What I'm saying is mm. actually right. And to have God himself validate that, I think is something that's incredibly personal to us, maybe in our own prayer times and time with the Lord, but also sometimes in interacting with people and wanting a, wanting to say, like, I, I know that this is actually where God is. And I know that his word is true in this. But to your point, Eli, to kind of combine both of these, like Elijah wanted that validation, not for himself, but for God. Right. And it says like the last thing, uh, he says before fire comes down and consumes the sacrifice um, is like, I am your servant and that, and let it be known that I've done all these things at your word, right. that this people may know that you are the Lord God and you have turned their hearts back to them. Mm-hmm. Like Elijah didn't want vindication because of Elijah. Elijah wanted vindication because he wanted the Lord to show that I am God and Baal is not. And I think like, that sort of righteous indignation, that desire for restoration should be something that we aim for, not to like be vindicated so that we look cool, right. but so that God yeah. looks bigger because of the things that we say and things we do. So it's kind of a, I relate to that pettiness and I'm also like, but also if I get offended, I want to be offended because of what someone is saying about the Lord, not because my ego is hurt. You know? mm-hmm. And to maybe piggyback off of mm-hmm. that, a very minor point, um, that I that I reflected on is that Elijah is just like us because Elijah was like a prophet. Like he was God's mouthpiece to the people at that time. Mm. And actually we are now as Christians all called to be prophets. Mm-hmm. We are always called um, and have some semblance of a responsibility to point back to God, to bring <laughs> uh people around us to be a reflection of the glory, the love, and the mercy of Christ, to, to call out, um, to have righteous indignation, to call out heresy and wrongdoing, to do so in love, mm-hmm. to never forego love, but to always point back to Christ and help others get to see the Lord and what he's doing and his mercy and his love. And so Elijah was a prophet set apart from the people to be God's specific mouthpiece. But in the new covenant, we're all called to do that. And, mm. and so we can relate to him in that way. Amen. Amen. Take on the mantle of like being a prophet in today's time and not right. seeing it as like a far gone like thing that happened when fire fell from the sky. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, there are no more prophets anymore. Yeah. Actually, we're all called. If, we're, yeah. if we are Christians, we're all called to be prophets. Right. Mm. Yeah. We had to preach. Um, and so, like, as a follow-up to that, just, like, the reality that we are, um, 
like as Christ's ambassadors, as this holy priesthood, as this um, as these like modern day prophets, um, God chooses to direct His prophets, His children, in such a way to align them with Himself. And like so, in not giving credit to Elijah and saying like, well, He didn't call down fire, He didn't summon this drought, like that was all God. But God is so about having a partnership with us that he will make it look as though it is the work of his servants who are focused on glorifying God. So like being a servant of God, you're never going to walk away from a circumstance or a situation and say, well, that was me. It's like, mm, 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 no, that was the Lord. I know who I serve. And like Elijah was very vocal about that the entire time. Um, and so like, like just the notion of partnership with God has been something literally from Genesis. I mean, hmm. we're talking about like God making humanity to serve as his um, as his proxies in the world. And that's always been one of the major goals of God is to be in relationship with his people. Um, and so we re when we read like these epic like historical accounts, we think, well, shoot, I can't do any of this stuff. I, I, I think we also have to be aware of like, well, where are we in history? Like what's hmm. God's goal? Um, maybe kingdom work in 2020 doesn't need a three-year drought. <laughs> in fact, 2020 doesn't need anything else. <laughs> to be real, um, it, we have more than enough crap going on right now. Um, I don't think we can handle a three-year nationwide drought or fire falling from the sky. But it's in these, um, it's in this variety of works that bring brings God to the forefront of conversations mm -hmm. that we should be looking for now. Yeah. Amen. That, uh, that really tees up a question that I felt like is worth asking of us as a way to help um, all of you listeners kind of relate um, to the story in a more specific way. Because I think, yeah, this part, this idea of partnership that you bring up, Eli, um, is, is really important. And so I might, the question I might ask of us to answer are, what are times um, where victory has been accomplished through us, where God has partnered specifically with us, and we've partnered with God to to bring out, bring about some kind of victory for the advancement of the kingdom, whether it's big or small. Um, but when were we similar? Like when were we in a similar position um, to Elijah in the story? Not necessarily calling out like <laughs> idols and 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 worship of less mocking, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, probably. Oh. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe less childish, or at least what I would imagine is childish behavior. Um, um, but yeah, just um, is, is there a time that comes to mind? Something actually that happened this week um, that was a, a really small thing, but like really made my day and gave me perspective on the way that like my vocation is something that God uses to further his kingdom and just through relationships and through uh, my work as a teacher. So we started virtual learning this week. It is okay. Uh, it's not great, but it's the safest thing that we can do. Uh, and I'm glad we're doing it. But it's also, it's very, I've talked to you guys about how teaching can sometimes be very uh, isolating because you see a lot of indifference in, in students and that can be really hard. But this even more so because you're just staring at screens all day. Mm. Um, and so I was like trying to get get in the zone, like for my first class of the day and try to like uh, give the lesson that I had planned. And so I was like letting uh, students in from the waiting room on Zoom 
and there's a student who I don't teach anymore. I haven't taught in years, uh, who was like in the waiting room. So I like let her in and she was just like, oh, hey, Mr. M. And I was like, oh, hi. And it's like, this is a student who I have a, a pretty good relationship with. And she basically was just like, yeah, I just wanted to like, I like got the Zoom link from a friend of mine who's taking your class and I wanted to see how you were doing. And I was like, oh, I'm okay. Like, thank you. And like, hmm. we chatted for like two minutes, but at one point she just said like, yeah, I like, I miss being at school, but like, I like, like want you to know that like, like she's a senior this year. She's like, this, I don't, I couldn't imagine what getting to like this year, like without like you as a support. Um, and that's like, I want to, I want you to know that, that that meant a lot to me. Um, and I don't say that to like, brag on myself but i say that because like that is a really small example of a victory of just a kid who i know comes from a really inconsistent sometimes home life who for me just being faithful and sometimes doing a job that i don't always enjoy uh that's a student who has a trusted adult in her life and who i've been able to like help just literally by being there and like listening to her talk sometimes uh and like god also used that to make my day and so change my perspective as to like this is why you do what you do um and so yeah that and i took that like that's a victory it's a very small thing but it's something that the lord uh hopefully is used to make big of his love through me through this interaction and it's yeah that's been on my mind a lot since but it's been great that's awesome i think uh so i was thinking about my own question and uh i had forgotten about this story um but the lord brought it back to mind um, I was actually uh, a couple years ago with Sandy, Jarrell's wife, um, on a mission trip to Puerto Rico to do Hurricane Maria relief efforts. And on the last day there, <clears throat> well, some context or background information, we um, had raised money to go to, to Puerto Rico with students from Maryland to, um, to do hurricane relief. And um, by the grace of God, we got free plane tickets. And so all this money we had raised um, we didn't need to use a lot of it because we got free plane tickets. Um, and we ended up buying three generators that we were going to distribute to people throughout the, our time there. And our last day, we were in rural mountains in Puerto Rico. And uh, the people we were with led us to this um, house, um, to this lady who was a single mother, um, to this 12-year-old kid, I think. She herself was wheelchair-bound was an asthmatic and blind and she lived in the rural mountains um, and she, her asthma was so severe that if she had an asthmatic attack she needed to rely on a machine um, and there was no electricity and so she was in peril of her life and the night before we arrived in desperation prayed to the lord send someone to bring us a generator and then the next day, less than 24 hours, uh, we showed up with a generator for this lady and mm. her son. Uh, and she actually had lost faith um, up to this point. And like I said, it was a desperation cry. And, and there wasn't a dry eye in the room as she's telling the story through a translator. Mm. And um, we were with a pastor of a local church, and he led her through a prayer to give her life back to the Lord. Mm. The Lord kind of used this moment of like, we just went on a tip to this lady's house. And he, the Lord knew what he was doing. The Lord clearly wanted this lady to be blessed, um, for potentially her life to be saved, and for the students and for Sandy and I to experience just this 
incredible blessing. I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the room. Mm -hmm. And then furthermore, she explained that the electricity was um, on and off and not great. And she didn't have money to pay her electric bill. Well, it turns out that we still had a lot of cash just because of the blessing that Southwest Airlines... Uh, <laughs> we're not sponsored. We're not sponsored by them. Yes. <laughs> but uh, they blessed us. And so we had extra cash and it was in my pocket. And as she's explaining their need for, to, for money to pay electricity bill, I, I looked at Sandy and I said, I think... And we, were, we had struggled to figure out what we were going to do with this money. Mm. I said, I think the Lord wants us. Like The reason I have this in my pocket is to give it to her. Mm. And Sandy looked at me and said, absolutely. So we gave her the money. And not only was it enough, it ended up being enough to uh, pay the electric bill, but there was enough left over to put gas into the generator Very as nice. well. And it was just, I mean, it was, everyone is erupted in tears sure. again sure. when she explains how much, you know, that situation. And it was... God is undefeated. <laughs> He's never lost. Never lost. <laughs> but it was just, I mean, it's incredible. It was an incredible story and it's a huge testament to like, that was not us. There's no way in the world we planned for that. Um, it was absolutely a God thing. God using us and our and our gift of trying to serve and love these people um, that that happened. Okay, so as you were talking, immediately I'm reminded in, in chapter 17 of First Kings. Yes, Elijah <laughs> is, like is sent to this woman in Zarephath, yep. who's like poor and and on the brink of dying because she and her son and her son like so, holy moly praise wow. god praise god <laughs> praise be oh praise be god um is just like on the brink of dying and because elijah showed up to her home the lord blessed her in in showing hospitality to him by like continuing to fill up their jar that was filled with flour yeah and then later on when he's on the brink when her son is on the brink well when he dies Elijah, through prayer, raises him back to life. And so there's these parallels between, wow, we're someone in, Charles, you're just in the spirit of Elijah. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. I don't want us to miss that. Elijah also raised a kid from the dead. Uh, we didn't have space to fit it into the main scripture passage. But yeah, just to make sure that, yeah, that's a thing that happened. Sorry, continue. Eli. Prayer works. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, praise God for that. Uh, to answer your question, question charles um i say it took me a while to think about it thank goodness that you both shared um i think it was during the time when i so i was back i've been a christian since i was 12 um but i got baptized again we can talk about this somewhere online i don't know um <laughs> but i got baptized um in 2019 on palm sunday and uh, as a result, and during my baptism, I gave like this very long sharing of just all the baggage that the Lord relieved me of in my submission to him and in calling me to him. Um, and that required me to confess just a lot of my ish. And in sharing that, a number of people um, who were just like, who had expressed to me after some time that they were either struggling with certain things that I had been struggling with or am still struggling with, like felt refreshed and rejuvenated by that. And that was not at all my intention in sharing. Mm -hmm. my, I, I wanted to glorify God and just be like, look, I, these are all the things that God has rescued me from. Um, but for that to have been refreshing for other people and for that to have started conversations and friendships and emails, mm. um, 
was one beyond what I had imagined and certainly wasn't what I planned, but praise be to God for being able to speak through um, my testimony of being rescued by him mm-hmm. um, to rejuvenate other people. Amen. Yeah. I think like to kind of connect all that, I think in, we look at Elijah and try to nail down ways that we, he's the ways he's just like us, but also ways that we want to be like him. I think the consistent thread is Elijah was willing to be used for whatever it is that God wanted to do through him. Amen. And there was a sensitivity to what the Lord was saying to him and asking him to do and an obedience to do it. Uh, what And so as uh, modern day prophets, I think the first step in that is like, I'm, I want to posture myself in humility to say, God, do what you will through me, whether it's doing mission work and providing out of your excess for someone in need, whether it's sharing openly about your life um, and seeing how that blossoms into relationships and how that vulnerability makes you more accessible, whether it's just like being faithful to your work or whether it's calling fire from heaven, like whatever it is, I think that even through his arrogance in that, like the humility of Elijah is something that um, is something we should strive for and strive to be like him uh, in, and be willing for whatever God has for us. Um, there's one last thing that I want to briefly touch on because uh, I know this one's going a bit longer, but, and this isn't covered in the passage we read, but it's in the very next chapter and that Elijah is just like us because Elijah still got scared. Like he, so again, just read first Kings like 17 through 19. It is, it is insane. Like it is, you said it's like cinematic, like just that piece of it. Yeah. And it's, there's so much we didn't have space for, but, um, this chapter ends and the prophets of Baal die. Um, they're like killed by the people. Ahab, the king at the time who Elijah had this beef with, rides off in a chariot to flee this like reckoning and elijah chases after him on foot and catches up to him on foot and a lot of stuff happens and it's it's an, it's absolutely insane but then jezebel the queen of uh, uh ahab's queen at the time she basically threatens elijah and says like i'm going to kill you um and elijah who just saw fire literally lick up the dust from a trench and consume an entire offering who saw like 400 prophets of Baal like killed and people like he said turning their heart back to the Lord who outran a chariot all by the grace of God got scared and ran away like went back into hiding and like prayed that God would just like take him because he was so scared um and in that way, Elijah is just like us, because even though we've seen God work in these ways through time in Costa Rica, through your baptism, through my work, we still in valleys can doubt him and forget the God who's won those victories for us already and forget the willingness that he has to move through us. And I think there's something there that's so humanizing and accessible to Elijah, who in, no other, in a lot of other ways is like, I can't really wrap my mind around this guy that he still got scared and he still needed the Lord to like come to him in quiet and in, in like in an intimate way to bring him back. And yeah, there's an encouragement there that the Lord is willing to do that work in us in, as well when we don't feel like we've actually been victorious. Amen. Well, if that's it, thank you so much for joining us this week. I'm so excited we're doing this season. Uh, Elijah's a really one, fun one to kick off with. 
You can check us out at atthewell.podbean.com. We upload new episodes every Monday on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can also connect with us on Twitter and Instagram by searching Three Guys at the Well. And head over to our Facebook page to keep the conversation going in a space reserved for further discussion of the topics we cover in each week's episode. We'll talk to you next week here at the Well. <laughs>